0: well let's turn back to god's word again in one corinthians chapter 10 and for some of you it may have stood out last week that i stopped at verse 12 and didn't carry on to verse 13. that was a deeply considered decision on my part Uh, i came to the conviction that what i covered last week was enough for last week and this verse on its own, is of such great help and encouragement that it deserves to receive our fullest attention. And it's so rich in meaning that it it presents us with more than enough truth to dedicate to a single message as we're going to look at it now. And that goes a long way to explain why last week's message ended up having only two points Instead of the usual three, the apostles' exhortation last week was that you must take heed to yourself, every single one of you, and me. This is an essential Christian duty before the Lord. But he goes on to give this great promise that we read in verse 13 that no temptation has overcome you except such as is common to man. And he will ensure that you're able to bear it and will provide a way of escape so that you will never be crushed or overwhelmed. There will be times in your Christian life and in your walk with Christ when it's tough there'll be times when it feels as if the situation is getting the better of you and that perhaps it really is going to overwhelm you completely. But this verse is of such help and of such practical application for us and I want to consider three things from verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The first is based upon the opening phrase. And here's the point. You have no unique struggles. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. One of the ways in which we can find ourselves trying to wriggle out of our Uh, giving in to temptation is to convince ourselves that ours is a unique case and on account of that um, no one else can possibly criticize me Uh, no one else has had to deal with this particular temptation that I'm faced with and so if I do give in to it I am above Reproach, and I'm above being criticised by anyone because you don't know what it's like. The word temptation, as we find it here, also has the idea of that which is a trial. Uh, it literally means putting to proof a testing. Temptations are that in a way, aren't they? So it can also mean a trial or a test. No trial or test has ever overtaken you, such as is uh, common to man. And so again, you'll come across those who've been going through a difficult time. And they want to try and suggest that this trial with which they've been afflicted simply must be ten times worse than anything you've ever experienced or known. In fact, worse than any other soul in the whole world has ever known. And that argument is then used to try and excuse their less than satisfactory reaction and response to that trial. And the, their behaviour that flows out of that. Because you can't possibly know what it's like. And so you are not in a position to rebuke me or correct me. And therefore you have no right to do it. Those kinds of thoughts, we can find ourselves very easily drifting into that way of thinking. But this this verse blows all of those kinds of thoughts right out of the water No temptation has ever overtaken you, ever, except such as is common to man. You are not a special case in the things you're struggling in. You're special in the eyes of the Lord, but you're not a special case in terms of your trials and temptations. The Bible will not permit you to wander into the realm of playing the wounded victim. Now, having said that, you may indeed be wounded, even deeply wounded. This verse concedes that much. And by the way, on that point, we almost also admit that on some occasions, actually, it's our own prior behaviour which meant that suffering such wounds would actually be inevitable. But you you may indeed be wounded. You may indeed be a victim. You may have been on the receiving end of considerable injustice or oppression, or in some cases even violent abuse. But no matter how much you may have suffered, this verse will not permit you as a Christian to play the wounded victim card in order to excuse less than satisfactory attitudes or behaviours. You may indeed be in need of desperate help you may indeed be in need of counsel and comfort. But as a Christian, that never exempts you from behaving as a Christian ought to behave. From what I've said so far, some of you might think I'm being a bit harsh. I'm really not. I I want to assure you I'm not this verse is not trying to suggest nor am I trying to suggest that the trials and temptations that you face are trivial or that you should somehow become immune from hurt or that you're not allowed to to respond emotionally to such trials and temptations that's not the that's not the issue What it won't permit is for you to ever be the one person who thinks that you are suffering so much more than anyone else has ever suffered, and thereby thereby making yourself a special case who can be excused your behaviour and the way you are. Now, I'm not talking about how you may initially respond or react because sometimes, let's face it, sometimes things hit us out of the blue. We had no idea that they were heading our way. We hadn't had the slightest hint that they might be coming. And even for a Christian, some things can happen that are a real shock to the system And for a time, initially, your emotions are so stirred up, they can get the better of you. The thing is, that position should not go on and on and on getting the better of you. You never saw that in Christ. You don't see that in the likes of the Apostle Paul. And the fact is, probably none of us have ever suffered like he did. And the reason for that is, their submission to God's will and providence. If all things are according to His purposes, I have no grounds to enter into a personal and perpetual. Pity party. And this verse is also a great comfort for the future because the Bible assures you that you'll go through no worse than you see others go through. Now, of course, you may have witnessed people going through things and going through such times as you actually would rather avoid, and that's fair enough, I suppose. But you have the promise of God's Word that you'll never go through anything that's so much greater than anyone else. They will be the things that are common to all men and women. It also means that you'll find that you have plenty of sources of counsel and good examples to turn to as to how to deal with your trials and temptations Because so many others have been there before you. And you'll be able to turn to the Bible. And you will find much that will help you there. Because the things that you're struggling with are common things. You'll find other Christians who are able to counsel you. Because the things you're struggling with are common things. You might even find others going through the same kind of thing right now. And you discover that you can share together, read the Bible together, pray together, support one another. And if we just go back to thinking of temptation as being tempted towards something sinful, this verse assures you that God will never permit you to be confronted by any temptation to which you are unable to say no. And so you're without excuse if you say, go on then. You will never be able to excuse yourself for giving in to temptation. Never. There's never an excuse for it. Because God has never permitted anything to come into your life where you were unable to say no. You may have chosen to say no, but you were able to say no. Never will you be able able to argue that it was too much for you. Because this verse promises that it will never be too much for you. Never can you argue that it was so much more severe a temptation than anyone else has ever experienced. Because this verse insists that never happens. This verse is so very practical because it it removes many of the things that we like to try and use as excuses for not living as we ought to live as followers of Christ. And here's a second lesson that makes all the difference in the life of a Christian. God actively sets limits and boundaries. He actively sets limits and boundaries. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able Three things stand out in that phrase. Firstly, don't doubt God's faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Pardon for sin. A peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today. Bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. We sink. God actively sets limits and boundaries around you because he's faithful. He will not allow. Because God is almighty and sovereign, nothing can ever happen to you outside of his influence. His back is never turned, his attention is never distracted, his focus is never lost. Nothing can happen to you in your life which God has not sanctioned. You can lie down to go to sleep tonight and wake up in the morning confident that God is faithful and he's set limits and boundaries around you and those limits and boundaries can ever and will never be exceeded or stepped over. He will not allow Don't doubt God's knowledge of you. He won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. If this is true, then this means that He knows you through and through, and He knows all about your circumstances. He knows what your limits are, actually he knows them better than you do. It means that he follows your every step, your every moment, his eye is ever upon you. From time to time you perhaps have come across a situation, either it's happened to you or you've witnessed it somewhere else where a young child has become separated from its parents The child is frantic and the parents are frantic. I only looked away for a second and they were gone, says the parent. It can be a terrifying experience. Where's my child? What could have happened? Who may have taken them? What situation might they be in right now and I'm not there for them? This verse assures you That will never happen between you and God. Because He's always there. God will never look away, not even for a second. He'll never lose you in the crowd. You will never be lost to Him in a place where you're unknown to Him. There'll never be a day when He can't be bothered. He's faithful. He will never allow you to be taken beyond what you are able. And so thirdly there we see, don't doubt God's care for you. He cares for you. Think of some of the great statements that Jesus makes in his Sermon on the Mount, for example, regarding God's care for the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Will not God do so much more for you? Which loving earthly father would be mean and cruel and pernicious in the gifts that he gives to his children? How much more Is God watching over you and wanting to give give good things to you? God actively sets limits and boundaries around you and will not allow you to be taken beyond that which you're able to bear. Will not allow That's your heavenly Father working in his world on your behalf and within you. And this surely helps to explain Paul's testimony in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed, because God won't allow it. We're perplexed but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Because God will not allow you to be taken into that which you're not able to bear. God knows you. He loves you. He cares for you. And he will never take you beyond what you are able to bear, either in the sense of temptation into sin or in the sense of trials that come your way. The excellence of the power is of God and not of us says Paul. And thirdly in this verse we have this glorious promise also. God will release you before it can crush you. He will release you from the temptation before it will ever pull you under. With the temptation, he will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, if in the first instance you're thinking of temptation in the traditional sense of being tempted to entertain something which you know to be wrong as a Christian, which is how most of us think of temptation, or if you're thinking, thinking of it as a trial that you have to endure, And actually, sometimes it's both of those things, isn't it? Uh, If this temptation to sin is something which continues, that you have to continue to fight against over quite a long period of time, maybe even for the whole length of your Christian walk, then that is a trial that you have to endure as well. Here is a promise from God that will enable you to never turn back and to never give in. Here's the, the action film hero or heroine caught in a life or death scenario that seems certain only to end in death. But just as the water is about to rise above their chin, just as the finger is about to pull the trigger on the gun that's pointing towards them just as the bomb is about to explode just as the plane is about to crash as if from nowhere certain death is avoided as some last gasp intervention saves our hero for another day Well, probably never as dramatic as that and certainly not last gasp in the sense of not being sure what the outcome would be. But God will always, he says, provide a means of escape before he permits you to be totally crushed and defeated. If you're at the point where it's about to overwhelm you, You have the promise of God's word that it won't. He will provide for you a way of escape. But it's important to note carefully how that phrase is constructed at the end of verse 13. Because you'll see there the promise is not for a way of escape so that you won't have to bear it. It's for a way of escape so that you will be able to bear it. Interesting to note that. It's not a promise that you won't have to bear, but it's a promise so that you will be able to bear the temptation. Whilst that temptation remains, you will always be able to say no for as long as it takes, for as many times as you have to say it. Whilst the trial remains, you will always be able to endure it for as long as it takes. If ever it's going to become more than you can endure, God will provide a means of escape before you reach that point. I remember once watching some futuristic science fiction type film, I don't recall the title or even the plot of the film or even who the actors were in it. But one of the characters was having to put on this space-type suit to enter into this very dangerous place where he was about to perform some heroic act upon which the whole storyline of the film would hinge and depend, you know, the kind of thing I'm talking about, a bit of a cliffhanger moment. And within the suit were all kinds of monitors measuring all the stresses and strains to which his body was being exposed and as the environment in which he was working was getting more and more dangerous these monitors are all starting to sound their warnings and the guy in the suit is starting to sweat and strain until eventually the person sat at the control desk monitoring everything decides that our dashing hero has taken as much as he can take and orders them to get him out of there. That's kind of how God is with you, only more so and better. He's watching and watching and watching, caring for you, his child, never letting you out of his sight, not missing a thing, ordering all things that are happening to you, hearing your prayers and your cries for help, strengthening with his grace, reassuring you by the inner working of his spirit within you, teaching and instructing you by his word, enabling you to endure and to press on. And he knows where that line is, which divides where you are able and where you are not and he will not permit anything to take you over that line and if it's needed he will activate the means of escape that he has for you I have a feeling that this in some measure played a part in Paul learning to be content in any circumstance Because with this promise, you can be, can't you? You have this secure knowledge that none of your struggles are unique, that God has set boundaries and limits and will always keep you within that which you can endure by his grace and strength. And if you're ever in that place where Unless he intervenes, you would be tipped over the edge beyond what you can endure. God always has a way out prepared for you before that will happen. Because he sees and knows all things. Christian friends, this is, this is a rest and a comfort for us. There is strength to be found in this verse. You may turn to your God and Saviour and find in Him the resolve that you need to live for Him, you can continue to resist that temptation. You can continue to endure that trial because you are in the sure and certain knowledge that God will not permit you to be taken beyond what you can endure. You have no valid reason for using that situation as an excuse for not living as you ought to live. The answer for Paul's thorn in his flesh was that God's grace was sufficient for him. And it was. I think Paul satisfied himself in the knowledge that if it ever threatened to overwhelm him and get the better of him, then God would provide for him a way of escape you are your heavenly father's child and you are under your father's care and he will not allow your foot to be moved he who keeps you will not slumber great is his faithfulness and in this You may rest, you may rejoice, you may live and you may serve him to his glory and to his praise.